Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. chapter 10. I just feel like the Lord laid something on my heart last week and hopefully in a few moments that will be evident. The book of Mark chapter 10, we'll read verses 46 and 47. The Bible says, and they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard, I say when he heard, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. If you're going to help me preach, you can sit, you can have a seat. This looks like everybody. Now, we've already talked about long-winded, and you're looking at the king of long-winded. <laughs> Somebody said amen. I'm going to do my best not to be that today. In Mark 10, our text, we read of blind Bartimaeus. Or in this particular context of Scripture, in this time of Scripture, blindness was not a rarity. In fact, it was quite prevalent in their day. In fact, some historians write that diseases of the eye were very common in the East. One such historian wrote that the ash heaps are extremely mischievous. On the occurrence of the slightest wind, the air is filled with a fine pungent dust, which is very injurious to the eyes. He recounts one afternoon as he walked through the streets, he counted all that were either blind or had defective eyes, and it amounted to about one-half the male population. A disease called ophthalmalia is also very prevalent, also very prevalent, especially among children. He said it would be no exaggeration to say that one adult out of every five has his eyes more or less damaged by the consequences of that disease. It's a common sight, a common occurrence. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. On this day, we find in our text that on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples are leaving Jericho. Located about five miles west of a major crossing of the Jordan River, Jericho was the only large settlement that a traveler would pass through when going up from the Jordan Valley to Jerusalem. Jesus and his disciples left Perea, crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho in Judea. This would be the last recorded miracle. This would be the last recorded miracle that Jesus would perform on his road to eventual death. And as they and a very large crowd, probably 
Passover pilgrims en route to Jerusalem traveled, they saw a very common sight. They saw a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. It's interesting to note that his name was used in Scripture. It's not always the case. The, the young blind man who was delivered, we don't know his name. Uh, there's many others. The woman with the issue of blood, it never mentions her name. It just called her by her sickness. Interestingly, Mark recorded his name. This is certainly not all of my message, but it's certainly worth noting that perhaps Bartimaeus was known among the disciples, perhaps even known post-Pentecost by the early church. The name was an Aramaic meaning, meaning the son of Timaeus, and he was sitting by the road begging. It was common. It was an everyday thing. It was just the way it was. It was a common sight near wealthy Jericho. To see beggars lining the road into and out of that city was not at all out of the ordinary. It was, in fact, a thoroughfare. It was a, it was a good place for blind men to sit. It was thought to be a rich city. We're not exactly sure if it was the city that the children of Israel marched around or if it was the newly constructed Jericho that was done by Herod the Great. But nevertheless, it was a, it was a robust city. It was a big place. It was a, it was a wealthy place, if you will. So these blind men, these beggars, the, these ne'er-do-wells, if you will, would sit in the main streets and hope of getting, Brother Williams, something. Something, something, whatever that could be handed, whatever could be given to them. They would sit and they would wait and they would wait for something to be handed. But today, on this particular day, this, this day that Jesus was traveling through the countryside on his way to Jerusalem, this day would be different. This day would no, be no ordinary sight. It would be an ordinary day, but it would not end in ordinary. It would end in extraordinary circumstances because Bartimaeus heard something coming down the road that was much better than silver or gold. It was much better than what could be thrown on a blanket or placed in front of him. It was much better than anything that he could imagine. Luke's recount says that he heard the multitude passing by and he asked what it was all about. Both Luke and Mark record this occurrence and, and, and one says that he heard the clamor of the crowd. One says that he asked what is all this meaning. But both Luke and Mark say that when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard that it was him, when he heard that it was Jesus that was passing by, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. At the very mention of who it was, at the very mention of his name, he begins, he begins to cry with all that he has. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. With abandon, Bartimaeus begins to lift his voice at the very mention of who was passing by. He begins to cry aloud. And can I say it like we would say it? He just begins to make a scene. He just begins to lose all control of himself. And he begins to cry aloud, Jesus, have mercy on me. But there were some that day that didn't like what he was doing. 
There were some in that crowd that day that didn't like how Bartimaeus was handling himself. In Mark 10 and 48, the Bible says, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. Other translations say that they rebuked him and, 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 and began to tell him to just be quiet, to quell his excitement, to take it down a thousand, if you will. Bartimaeus, just don't say anything else. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is passing by here. It's a royal possession, procession here. In other words, they just wanted him to stay in his lane. They just wanted him to stay like he was. Just be quiet. Just handle the cup. Just handle the blanket that you're sitting on, Bartimaeus. But that doesn't help him. That doesn't make him quiet. That doesn't make him get down and, and, and acquiesce to their, to their rebuke. His cries might have been making them feel uncomfortable. His cries may have been somewhat messing up their program. They just wanted him to be silent and refrain from bothering Jesus. Can I tell you this morning that anytime anyone tries to get into the presence of the Lord, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter when it is. Is, whoever it is, if there's ever an opportunity, if there's ever a, a, a positioning of someone to try to make an effort to get in the presence of God, there will always be an opposition to that. The enemy knows the power of his presence. The enemy knows what can happen in the presence of the Lord. And so there's always going to be opposition. The world around you might attempt to control your, uh, your voice. The world around you might attempt to quell your cry. Sometimes it will be people. Sometimes it will be the people around you. Sometimes it can be even be your own circumstances that will try to staunch your effort into getting into the presence of God. And there will always hear me now, there will always be a good reason to stay silent. We talked about that last week. Human reasoning. Reasoning within yourself, there will always be a good reason just to, I don't want to say it like that. Don't, there, there will always just be a good reason to be quiet. There will be voices that will attempt to interfere. There will be voices that will attempt to hinder. And there will be voices that will attempt to intimidate you into just being quiet. Don't say anything. Just be quiet. Now, it's something very interesting to note here. I, I, this, is not, this is not some doctrine or some, some uh, big part of my message, but it is food for thought. This was a royal procession. And so it is very, very, very possible that most of the people that were in the crowd were followers of Jesus. They were following Jesus to his final destination. This could just be a church service. And so, for all intent and purposes, we're looking at a crowd who is following Jesus who are church people. People that are wanting to follow him. People that are wanting to be by his side. People that are coming to the house of God. But when someone begins to lift their voice, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. Their response was just be quiet. Don't bother him. Don't mess with him. And so can I tell you this morning that no matter what the opposition is, whether it's without or whether it's within, whether it's without or 
whether it's in here, whether it's your circumstance or whether it's your own inner self or whether it's someone telling you, you just need to stop and you just need to be quiet. It doesn't matter who it is that's trying to encounter or hinder your encounter with him. You must push past the opposition. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what may be going on tomorrow or what might have went on yesterday or what might be going on this afternoon. You've got to push past the opposition and get into the presence of God. Do I have a witness here this morning that knows if we can just push past all the peripheral, if we can just get ourselves in the presence of God, something miraculous can happen. And so that is exactly what Bartimaeus did. He didn't allow any of it to matter to him. All that mattered to him in that moment was that he got the attention of Jesus. And so he didn't listen to the crowd. He just kept on hollering. He didn't listen to the ones telling him to sit down and shut up. He just kept on saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says that he began to cry out. But when they told him to be quiet, he just got louder. He just got over the voices that were trying to attempt to quit his exclaim and he just cried the much more Jesus have mercy on me hear me this morning desperation can cause people to do some pretty outlandish things that perhaps even out of their own character or out of the ordinary but hear me when you have a need when you got something that you have in your life that only God can take care of it doesn't matter what it is all that matters is that you make it to the one who can do something about it and you've got to do it with every means necessary. It doesn't matter what you do. If you've got to stand up and lift your hands, stand up and lift your hands. If you want to lift your voice, lift your voice. Jesus, if you want to leap for joy, you can leap for joy because all that matters is that we get into the presence of God. For any instance, for any instance, in being in the presence of the Lord is not to get a pat on the head. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for being here today. You're my little pet. No. For every instance in being in the presence of Jesus, the primary goal is to be changed and to be transformed and to be made new. And so not one opportunity should pass. Not one moment should go away. That being in His presence should not draw us to a closer connection with Him. Every encounter with God's Spirit should do one resonant thing in our lives and that is to transform us into His likeness and to make us into His image image if we really understood if we really knew who was in our midst this morning if we really if we really believed who was in our midst this morning one would scarcely wait one would scarcely allow him to pass by one would scarcely allow these lights to be turned out today without someone crying out Jesus have mercy on me it doesn't matter if yesterday I was sitting on a bar stool or if yesterday I was in a prayer room I need him to change me I need him to mold me I need him to make me into what he's called me to be 
if we really believed it was the king of kings, if we really believed that the great physician was in the house, Paul said, let everything be done with decency and everything should be done in order. I am 100% okay with a schedule, but sometimes the schedule just has to be interrupted. Sometimes we've got to make our way to the foot of who can take care of it. And so can I tell somebody this morning, it's never out of call. It's never out of out of order. It's never out of the ordinary to call on that name that is above every name. It's never out of order to worship the King of glory. It is never out of order to reach out to the Lord and to desire a touch from the Master's hand. Can I tell you this morning, you don't have to stay in your current circumstance. You don't have to stay in your current condition. You don't have to continue to sit in your current situation. You can cry out to Him. You can lift your voice to Him. You can lift your heart to Him and He will touch your heart. Does anybody believe that this morning? Let's clap our hands to the Lord and worship Him. You don't have to wait for your circumstance to change. Bartimaeus said wait till he could see to make it to the Lord. You don't have to wait for your circumstance to change. You don't have to get good before you get God. You get God to get good. You don't have to wait till you're healthy to lift up your hands and attempt to leap for joy. You can do it right now. And God can heal you in mid-leap. Yes, He can. Yes, He can. There will always be excuses. But you don't have to make excuses here this morning. You don't have to make excuses to be in the presence of, of the Lord. Bartimaeus made no excuses. He certainly could have. He had every opportunity to have. He had physical people telling him to be quiet. More, moreover, he had every, every reason in the world not to make it to the foot of, of Jesus. Blind beggars made more in their endeavors than seeing beggars. They garnered more response. They got more sympathy. They got more handouts. He could have reasoned within himself, and he could have reasoned himself out of a miracle. It was a slender opportunity that Jesus was passing through the land. He might have reasoned through himself, Jesus is passing by, but he just, he just can't stay. He's going out of Jericho, and surely he can't stay here, and he wouldn't have time for me now that he is on his journey, but he didn't. Bartimaeus made up his mind. If he's going out of Jericho, so much more the reason I should stop him. If he's leaving here, there's no, there's no reason to stop me from stopping him to heal my body. This is my last chance. This might be my last opportunity. And so what unbelief would argue as a reason for stopping or what the crowd tried to quiet just made him scream the much more louder. Jesus, have mercy on me. Don't pass me by, Lord. I need a touch from the Master. He prayed again. And that's most of our problem. We pray one time. We expect God to take everything and do everything right then. It's human will. It's human nature. We just want everything to be fixed right then. No opposition. Air condition. No flat tire. Nobody on the road. Just me. As fast as I want to drive, it's just comfortable. 
And when I need something, Lord, can you help me? And like a genie in a bottle, there he is. He shows up and he just takes care of it. But that's not always the way it works. You're going to have opposition. When you try to pray and when you try to seek the God, the God of heaven, when you try to seek his face, there's going to be opposition. And so even though there was opposition in Bartimaeus's life, he prayed again. What he heard sent him into earnest prayer. Don't pray again, Bartimaeus. Just sit down and be quiet. Made him pray that much the more. And no matter the voices that attempted to silence his prayer, his earnest Earnest prayer got that much louder with much more volume. Can I tell you this morning if the enemy can staunch your prayer he knows the power that's in your prayer. He knows the power in the communication with you and with your God and he knows that if you can get his attention that he will come to your rescue and he knows if he can stop that communication he has won the battle. Can I tell you this morning the effectual earnest prayer of a righteous man avails much Yet the earnest supplication of a man in need also garners a response from the master because Jesus will not allow earnest prayer to go unanswered. Even if he chose not to choose Bartimaeus, he still got the answer from the Lord. And so Bartimaeus prays the prayer that stops Jesus in his tracks. Jesus have mercy on me was the fervent prayer. It was a persistent prayer. And that is the prayer that gets the attention of God. The Bible says, and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. This would be the second step of faith that day. First, in his fervent cry to the master. And secondly, his willingness to move when Jesus called him. He left behind his beggarly garment. He essentially left behind his entire lifestyle. If you read in the book of Exodus, it talks about a man's cloak. And it's very personal to him. It belongs to him. It's what he covers up with. It's what keeps him warm at night. It's what he uses to live with. But he lives He leaves all of that behind. He leaves his culture behind. He, he leaves his lifestyle behind and he makes his way toward the cure because all Bartimaeus can think of is getting to Jesus. It's all that matters because he believes that Jesus can help him. It's that kind of faith that is the crucial element in what ultimately happens to Bartimaeus in verse 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt that that I should do unto to thee. And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. As with other encounters with sick or disabled people, Jesus' approach here was personal and it directed to the whole man, not merely the disability alone. Hear me, it's the faith that made him whole. It's his faith in him that made him whole. And he said, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole and immediately 
He received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Your faith, Bartimaeus, it's your faith that's made you whole. It was your faith that began in you when you cried out to him. It was your faith that began in you when you said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And it is what Jesus used to heal his body. And this is the faith. Both before he received his miracle of sight, he could see who Jesus was before he was ever healed, before he could see trees, before he could see men. He could see who Jesus was because he called him son of David. Thou son of David, indicating that his belief was that Jesus was the Messiah and that Jesus could heal him. It was his faith that caused him to see. Although he could not see physically, he could see spiritually that Jesus was the fulfillment of that Old Testament prophet, Isaiah 61 and 1, where he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath appointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Jesus referenced and read this in the synagogue in Luke 4 and 18, but he twisted it just a little bit. He, he, he just put a little bit of a spin on it there when he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So where did you get that kind of faith, Bartimaeus? Where did that kind of faith come from? And how did you get that kind of faith, Bartimaeus? Is something to understand in those days there was no braille. There was no re- no way for a blind man to be able to read in the Torah or in the Pentateuch. There was no way that he would have been able to search the scriptures for himself because Bartimaeus's hope, his, his hope for recovery of sight from Jesus was not based on what he read. It was not necessarily based on what he searched out himself. His assumption that, that, that Jesus was the son of David and could heal and, and, and he could deliver was not not because what he read or what he studied. It was because of what he heard. And I'm going to pivot real hard here for a moment. It was not because of what he read. It was not because of what he studied on his own. It was what he heard. And I'm closing, but this is a long runway. Our musicians can get ready. My title, What Blind Men Hear, wasn't what he read. It was what he heard. You see, up to this moment, Bartimaeus was blind to the world around him. It's very important to understand his condition, especially in the time in which he lived. 
it goes without saying. Blindness means that he could not see. He simply could not see. There were no technological advancements for his treatment. There were no mobile devices that would aid him. There were, there were no travel accommodations that he was accustomed to beyond his immediate vicinity. He only knew what took place around him. The only thing that he could rely on is what he heard. So somewhere, somewhere along the lines, someone had to talk to him. Somewhere of where he was, someone had to talk to him about him. Someone told him of the ministry of Jesus. Perhaps there were those who experienced his miraculous power himself. Maybe there were those who was within earshot that they spoke of Jesus and what they heard that he did. But even more significant, and I am convinced that there were others in his immediate proximity that spoke of the things that Jesus had done in their own lives. He healed me. He delivered me. He healed me of leprosy. He delivered me from oppression and addiction. He put my family back together. He transformed my mind and freed me from my sin. I was undone and dejected and halt and lame and depressed, but Jesus showed up in my life and He healed me and He made me whole. Bartimaeus heard and because there was someone willing to talk about it to him or at least willing to talk about it around him, eventually he received his blessing. Bartimaeus at the very mention of Jesus passing through became insistent that he have an encounter with the Lord and him alone. Hear me this morning. He had never heard a song. He had never heard a three-point sermon. No one had ever sat down and taught him a Bible study per se. He just, he just heard what was going on around him and he cried out with abandon, Jesus, have mercy on me. Hear me this morning. Our world is filled. It's filled. It is filled to overflowing with spiritual blindness. They're not physically blind, but they are spiritually blind. It's not a rarity, but it is prevalent. It's not something that is that is uncommon, but it is overwhelmingly obvious and abundant. If you will just take a listen, and if you with spiritual eyes will just take a look around, it is true what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter four, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. He said again in Romans 10, here's the, here's the answer to that. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how 
how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good glad tidings of good things. So faith, so then faith, so then faith cometh by. Somebody say hearing and hearing by the word of God. It was that faith that was in him. It came only by one means and that is by hearing and hearing was from the word of God. And so how will they hear unless there's a preacher? And how will they preach unless they've been sent? Hear me now. There are certain specific instances where someone would need to be sent into a certain area. But for your immediate world and where you touch where you touch your feet and your hands every day, you've already been sent because you're already there. So I'd stand with Jesus this morning and say, go you therefore. Go ye therefore. Get up in the morning and go ye therefore. Go to the grocery store. Go to work. Go where you go about town, about your business. Go ye therefore because Jericho represents your city. Jericho represents your community. Jericho represents your direct influence. Jericho is a wealthy place. We live in the wealthiest land on this earth. We are blessed beyond measure, more so than any other country. Do you believe that this morning? You got up this morning. You didn't have to worry about what you were going to wear. In fact, you probably chose a vehicle to drive here in. When you get home this afternoon, you're not going to have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to do, where you're going to lay your head down tonight. And so we are blessed people and we live in a blessed country and we are passing by people every day who can't see. They can't see past their immediate vicinity and they're groping in the darkness. They're groping for someone they're listening. They're trying to hear what they could hear. And so I ask you this question this morning. What do blind men hear from you? If you thought I was coming here this morning with something deep and profound, I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I feel the scripture says if a man hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I believe that God's profound voice is speaking in this hour. And the question from heaven is what do blind men hear from you? Do they hear the profane or do they hear the holy? Do they hear complaint? Or do they hear the wonderful works of God? Do they hear an echo of the socio-political voices in our world? Or do they hear the echo of heaven? Do they hear trembling fear in your voice? Or do they hear the faith that He is still in control? Because what blind men hear will inevitably affect what blind men do. What blind men hear will be what direction they will follow. And what blind men hear will ultimately depend and determine on what they see. 
She was a young adult. She had everything she probably proverbial wanted. She graduated high school and became a college professor. She was born into a Hindu family. She was a lineage of many, many prominent Brahmin priests in the Hindu religion. She didn't lack for anything. Somewhere along the line, she developed a debilitating disease, headaches, constant pain in her body. Doctor after doctor after doctor, pain medication after pain medication after pain medication, and nothing seemed to work. She tried everything. She went to her Hindu priest. She tells a story as as she made it into this this opulent building, this temple to try to try to reach God in some way. She pulled the curtain back and she saw this idol with many hands and many feet and many eyes, but the eyes couldn't see her and the hands couldn't reach out and touch her. And a priest showed up out of the corners and the the, the back rooms of that place and he drove her from the temple and said you are just a normal person you have no ability to come into this holy place and so she was lost dejected and rejected from her own people but somewhere in the midst of her pain in the darkness of her room she had determined to end her life There was no escaping the pain. There was nothing that worked. So she managed to turn off all of the lights and she was going to take every pill that she had to be over, to be done with. But somewhere in the darkness, she remembered someone one day. Can I tell you about Jesus? She had heard his name. She didn't know who who he was. For all intent and purposes in her her life, she just thought he was just some maybe guru. She said, this is my last chance. I'm going to end it tonight if this doesn't work. And she said in the darkness of her own bedroom, she cried out, Jesus! Jesus! And an audible voice spoke to her and said, I am Jesus. I am God. And God healed her instantly of her disease. God, they, Doctors didn't even know what it was. But immediately she said the pain left her body. And it has never returned. That lady's name is Bonnie Marshall. She's a UPCI minister today. And because someone knocked on a door and told her about Jesus, she heard that name. And she called on that name. It was her last ditch effort. But he showed up. And he did a miraculous work in her life and she became a devout disciple of him and so I'm here to tell somebody this morning let the redeemed 
of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Today is the day that Isaiah spoke. He said, in that day shall you say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Am I talking to anybody here this morning? Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This will be known. This will be known in all the earth if some people who have already been redeemed, who have already been set free, will just cry out and shout. So cry out and shout, thy inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. He's in the midst of thee. He's in the midst of thee. And he's in this room right now. And so let's cry out. Let's go into this world and let's proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's get our eyes off this world. Let's get our eyes off the things of this world and get them on what really matters. And that is lost humanity. Let's get our minds off all the things that are wrong and get them on the mission. And let's get our mouths in gear speaking the same thing and fill this earth with the glory of the King. Let us exalt Him. Let us praise Him. Let's do it together. Let's do it at all times. Let it be continually in your mouth and let our conversations be pure. Let it be continually. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.